Here's a riddle you'll never figure out. What do Charles Schwab, the Ocean City Police Department, Regency Foundation, and music all have in common? The answer is found, of course, in our guest today. You're listening to the Karen 10 Podcast, where we bring our alumni back inside Karen University in just 10 minutes. I am delighted to introduce you to the newest member of Cairn University's Advancement Department, Keith Johnson. He's a grad of Cairn University from the class of 1975, and he joins us today to talk about his new position, his background, and to begin to share a little bit of his particular expertise. Keith, thanks for joining us. Thank you, Nate. It's great to be here. Why don't you start with telling us a little bit about your, your background, which hopefully in the process can unpack my riddle at the beginning of how all of those things are interconnected. I can <laughs> I remind you of what can. they all are if you need me to. I think it can. So um, what does a music major do when they graduate from a Bible college? Well, they become a police officer. So uh, that's uh, sort of an interesting background. I always wanted to be uh, a policeman. And so back in 1974, actually before I graduated, I became a policeman in Ocean City, New Jersey. Uh, a great experience, really enjoyed doing that uh, until 1980, and then I left that. My wife and I uh, created our own firm, which was an investment advisory firm. And um, there's a long story as to how I got there. Uh, some of our uh, folks will un- remember Elmer Johnson, and Elmer Johnson is the one that introduced me to financial planning, believe it or not. And so it was a great, uh, a, a great time through all the 80s and 90s to be a financial planner and an investment advisor. So we built our firm in Wyoming, Pennsylvania, near Reading, and um, just had a great experience. But in late 2000, um, I had an offer from a bank that wanted to buy my company. And so we made the decision to sell. And uh, that was an interesting experience to go from a privately held company that you own yourself, it's mostly family, uh, going into a publicly traded company. And uh, great, great learning experience. I got to be, uh, sir, I had the opportunity to serve on the board of directors of that bank and uh, learned a lot. Shortly thereafter, I realized that when you sell your company, you're no longer in control. Not that I'm a control (laughs) freak or anything, but... uh, I just, I had a hard time with it emotionally, uh, not being, you know, in charge of, of the company that I had built from scratch. So in 2003, decided to leave. So I, th- I went to a different firm, AIG. And AIG, of course, became, uh, would you call it famous or infamous? Mm-hmm. I can't remember mm-hmm. in 2008 and 9 when, when the whole world fell apart. Well, I was on the, the investment side of AIG. My wife and I moved to Phoenix, Arizona. And... Um, we, uh, it was a great experience. I got to train literally thousands of investment advisors around the country, uh, which was a, just a wonderful time. But then when 2008 and 2009 hit, um, the economy was tough. And so, unfortunately, my whole division was let go. So I always tell people I got mad, and, and, and my wife and I decided to move to Hawaii. My oldest daughter had married someone from, from Hawaii, and we decided we could go back to Pennsylvania, stay in Arizona, or move to Hawaii. What would you do? Right, right. So that's what we did. And then finally, I had an offer to come to Denver, Colorado. And Denver, Colorado is where I joined Charles Schwab mm. and uh, mm-hmm. just had a great experience uh, working in that firm until made the decision to come to uh, Langhorne, Pennsylvania and work for this <laughs> university called Karen University. Right. That's great. And 
Uh, we're going to get to that story after the podcast, so stay tuned afterwards if you want to hear uh, a little bit uh, of unplugged conversation with me and Keith in terms of how he got here to Cairn University. Well, that brings us to your position here at Cairn University. So what is it that you do here, Keith? And also, I have a question that I am, I am asked often that I think you're the best man to, to answer, and that is, as part of this, what is the Regency Foundation as well? That's a great question. The Regency Foundation has been established for quite a few years. In the mid-90s, it was formed. And basically, the Regency Foundation is the planned giving arm of Cairn University. Planned giving is a little bit different than current giving. So we have both current giving and deferred giving. Some folks like to give us uh, you know, a contribution today. That's, that's a current gift. They write a check or they give us a donation of stock or something like that and that's a current gift. But others want to defer that gift and give it much later. That might be when they pass away is a good example of a deferred gift. So that's where, you, where planned giving comes into play. Planned giving has, a, has an interesting uh, approach in the sense that we can use that to help people uh, decide where they want uh, money that would normally go to taxes, that they can shift that to, to an organization that they care about. And that's one of the things that I find so fascinating. Uh, let's say, for example, you own your own company like my wife and I did. We, we could have paid more taxes, but we decided instead to create a donor-advised fund, and the money that would have gone to taxes went mm -hmm. into that fund. Mm -hmm. And so we're able today to support organizations mm -hmm. um, every year as a result of that fund that we established uh, back in 2000. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's an interesting thing that, that you use in, in certain aspects of life. Right. So that's what planned giving is all about. Mm -hmm. By the way, the Regency Foundation also manages the endowment for the university. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so you're dealing with money a lot. I deal with money yeah. a lot and yeah. have so for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. so uh, that's a question I have for you that I think uh, can open up all kinds of interesting and really important discussions. What in your experience have been some of the things related to money that you would say views that Christian have held that you think are really positive? And then conversely, what are some of the views that you perhaps have encountered that Christians hold that you think might be a little bit off the mark or could, could use a little correction? You know, it's interesting. When I began to enter into this career, I spent a lot of time studying the scriptures because I wanted to, I wanted to find out what does God really say about, about money. And of course, if when you start looking throughout both the Old and the New Testament, you find that there are just literally hundreds of verses that refer to, to money. One of them that came up a lot was, well, should I ever invest in the stock market? Mm. Isn't that gambling? Mm. And I always go to Matthew 25, which is the parable of the talents. That was a perfect opportunity for Jesus to straighten us out if we're not supposed to be investing. Mm. Um, but he, as you know, rewarded those who invested the money and doubled it. Uh, now, we don't know the length of time. But when you go back historically, and, and what would they have invested in? Well, they might have funded a shipment of goods, say, from another country to Israel, or it might have been, uh, it might have been a field, because it was agricultural more society at that point. So I do not believe that, that investing is wrong. Mm -hmm. I believe that we have a biblical basis for that. I think the other one is retirement planning. A lot of people 
sort of think that, you know, all I have to do is just let God take care of the future. I'm not going to worry about that. And I understand that. But when you go into Proverbs and you read verses like you, you are to pl plan for the winter when there is harvest. And, you know, for us in our culture, this is the harvest, our working years. And the winter is our retirement years. So I think biblically, both Old Testament and New Testament, there are a lot of great principles on money management. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Are there things that you see in the Christian community that maybe we are particularly good at when it comes to money? Uh, thought patterns or habits um, that you say are, are you know, very positive that come, come from the Christian community? The most positive thing is, is the willingness of believers to give. Um, they look at the scriptures and they understand the principle of the tithe and, and the tithe was only a first portion. So that's the thing that impresses me is the generosity of people. And even our alumni, how, how much they're willing to give back to the university. Maybe it's a carry, a, a, you know, pay it forward because mm -hmm. they received a scholarship or a grant when they were here. So that generosity is, is I think, the best thing that we see in people. Well, thank you, Keith, for joining us, and thank you to those of you who have listened. Obviously, there is so much more to discuss on this subject and all these subjects, and so we're already planning on bringing Keith back to provide some biblically-centered, complimentary advice on his areas of expertise, so please stay tuned for that uh, in the future, and, and hang with us just after the podcast if you want to hear Keith and me talk a little bit about how he found himself working at Cairn. Thanks for listening. Uh, I, I really enjoy the story of how you came to Cairn University, and I think part of it is uh, because all of us as believers have uh, wrestled at one point or another with the direction of our path and where we're going and with respect to employment and that, and that sort of thing. And so just in a small way, I think your being here uh, is, is an encouragement to people in terms of the way that you know, our, our paths are sovereignly superintended. And the good news is if it happens, then obviously God ordained it to happen because <laughs> exactly. it happened. You know? So uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, how you got here. How'd that happen? <laughs> it's so interesting because, as you well know, um, you made a visit to Denver, Colorado. My wife and I were living in Denver, and I got a, a call from a, from a fellow classmate, John Ashman, who lived also in Colorado. And he said, we're, we're having a, a little alumni get-together. Uh, would you like to go? And, you know, I had received the emails, but like, you know, a good alumni, we just delete those. No, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> what should I? Uh, I, uh, you know, I, I, I saw it, but it just didn't register to me that right. I really need to go. But, but as a result of John's uh, call, yeah. I go, sure, let's go. And then we decided to ride up together. Mm -hmm. So that was really the first time in a lot of years that I really reconnected with the university. Uh, interestingly enough, both of my daughters went here back in the 90s. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, I met my wife here. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because we didn't talk about no, that. No, we didn't talk about that. Yeah, yeah. Her parents both met here mm -hmm. at, the, at, at the school. So it's, it's just an interesting thing how broadly our family has been touched right. by, by Karen University. So had a great time just reconnecting, of course, uh, our president. Uh, Todd was there, Todd Williams, and then uh, Russ Nixon was there as well. Mm -hmm. So alumni in Colorado. Frankly, I was surprised at how many were there. Yeah, yeah it was a good turnout. 
And then the following year, you decided to do that event again, mm-hmm. and I volunteered my home. Mm-hmm. And so the alumni came, and, and you came as well, and we just had a, had a great time. And I think during that whole year, between the first time and the second visit, you know, Cairn University was laid on my heart a lot more. And um, then when you came, for some reason, as you guys were, were talking and giving a little bit of update about the university, um, there was just a, a tugging at my heart that I, I would love to help you guys uh, raise money for the university. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'll just be yeah. very frank, uh, because I, I have done that all my life just in a different way, being so involved in estate planning and financial planning. Uh, charitable giving is a major part of financial planning and people a lot of people don't realize that it's a central part to that mm-hmm. to make a successful estate plan and, and a financial plan so it was a natural fit for me the other thing tugging up my heart at the same time is I have two daughters and four grandkids that live uh, in Bucks County Pennsylvania and it would just be a great opportunity for us to go back um, back home to Pennsylvania and we decided to do it. We just stepped out on faith and moved back here, and uh, and Karen University opened the door for me to come and, and join the team. 